Carbon County prepares for onslaught of 10,000 Rainbow Family members this weekend. July 1st, 2022, Cowboy State Daily by Ike Fredrigel. Carbon County officials are working with the U.S. Forest Service to prepare Wyoming and Colorado for the arrival of thousands of Rainbow Family of Light members attending the group's 50th annual gathering. We found out two weeks ago they were going to be on the Route National Forest, said Aaron Voos, a U.S. Forest Service spokesperson. We'd known they wanted to be somewhere in Colorado, but due to the loose leadership of the group, we didn't have a lot of lead time to prepare. More than 10,000 Rainbow Family attendees are expected to visit the Adams Park area of the Route National Forest, about 13 miles south of the Wyoming border, during the Independence Day weekend. We went down to Craig, Colorado with the Carbon County Fire Warden and a Sheriff's Deputy, Carbon County Emergency Manager Lenny Lehman said. I wanted to see a general layout of Adams Park and get a feel for where they would be coming through. The Rainbow Family is the largest non-organization of non-members in the world, according to one of its websites, welcomehome.org. The group declares it has no leaders and no organization, and it promotes intentional community building, non-violence, and alternative lifestyles. The group has been gathering on National Forest lands since 1972 when it hosted its first gathering near Strawberry Lake on the Arapaho National Forest in Colorado, the Forest Service reported. Because of the group's lack of leadership, the Rainbow Family does not apply for a special permit the Forest Service would typically require of a gathering this large. This is an unlawful, unauthorized gathering on public land, said Hillary Markin, a spokesperson for the Forest Service National Rainbow Incident Management Team. Regardless of the gathering's legality, Lehman said it's incumbent on Wyoming to be prepared in the case of an emergency. If a fire started southwest of the event, the egress routes south might be blocked, making an evacuation only viable north into Wyoming, he said. If we don't think of these things before they happen, then we are caught on our, caught on our heels. Unlawful Gathering As of Monday, more than 2,000 attendees were already on site in the Adams Park area, the NRIMT reported. Much like wildfires and other natural disasters, the Rainbow Family Gathering has assigned its own incident management team, said Markin, who's been with the team since 2019. We have about 60 people in the management team, she said. We're here to engage the public field questions, deal with health and safety risks, and reduce the amount of actions that could impact the land. Voos said that one of those impacts is caused by the number of vehicles that can accompany 10,000 people. Rainbow Family Gatherings are typically hosted in vehicle-accessible areas, and while the forest has some parking available, the sheer number of vehicles could damage the resource. When you start talking about thousands of people, there's potential for serious impacts, Voos explained. For the family's part, Markin said group members will try to negate the impact of their vehicles by carpooling in buses and RVs. While working with the NRIMT in 2021, Markin said she saw one gathering attract about 7,000 people who traveled to the area in about 2,000 vehicles. Even with the carpooling, it's still a significant impact, Markin said. The Forest Service has periodically cited Rainbow Family members for failing to obtain a permit, according to NRIMT documents. However, the agency also works with the family to adhere to a resource protection plan in lieu of a special use permit to protect the health and safety of individuals at the incident and in the surrounding community to ensure sensitive resources are protected, to minimize any environmental damage, and to coordinate post-event cleanup and rehabilitation of the event site, the documents state. 
Members of the group typically start showing up at gathering site a week or two in advance, Markin said. Then after the event, the Rainbow family will have a group come in and rehab the area, which can take weeks. Ever ready. Officials from Route County and Colorado are the gathering's lead responders should anything go awry, but Lehman said Carbon County Communication Center stands ready if the need arises. The Carbon County Emergency Operations Center could dispatch Carbon County resources such as medical or law enforcement personnel if requested, he said. What I'm asking for from Colorado Partners is that all, all non-911 resource requests go through our EOC, Lehman said. That way, rather than someone calling up to every firehouse or police department in Carbon County to locate a needed resource, all the calls come into one place and we can find them the resources they need. County officials are also working with partner agencies to create an evacuation plan. While the most likely evacuation route would take family members further south into Colorado, Lehman said he wants Wyoming to be prepared should it prove the only viable means of escape. While the gathering is no longer than a few weeks, Vuz said the Forest Service's primary goal is to ensure that it, does negatively it doesn't negatively affect the landscape for years to come. Where there are lots of people, there are lots of feet, wheels, and infrastructure, he said. So, there are impacts to the land, wildlife, and natural resources. Rainbow Family Gathering Urged to Minimize Damage, Fox 31 Denver, 
July 1st, 2022, by Dara Bittler. Route County, Colorado. The Colorado Department of Natural Resources is urging those who are attending the Rainbow Family Gathering to minimize damage to natural resources and to leave no trace. The gathering is expected to draw 10,000 or more people who identify as members of the Rainbow Family of Living Light. Colorado is home to world-renowned resources, natural resources, but we know special care must be taken to preserve them for the benefit and enjoyment of current and future residents and visitors. These large unsanctioned gatherings risk tremendous impacts to our lands, wildlife, and community, and it is my hope attendees of the Rainbow Family Gathering respect our great outdoors and take it upon themselves to proactively minimize resource degradation, remarked Executive Director Gibbs. The gathering, which happens the first week of July, changes locations each summer. This year, they have chosen a portion of the Route National Forest called Adams Park. It is about 90 minutes north of Hayden. I want to thank the USFS, Route County, and all first responders for their attention and response to the Rainbow Family Gathering, and DNR supports their efforts to minimize damages to our natural resources, Gibbs said. DNR said, given the danger of fire, impacts on calving for big game, and the exposure of damages to sensitive wildlife habitat, they will continue to monitor the Rainbow Family Gathering. Trusting in your love. Yeah.
Thousands of Rainbow Family members are in Colorado, and the arrests have already started. The Denver Post, July 1st, 2022. By Conrad Swanson. About 10,000 Rainbow Family members are expected to congregate in Route County for the group's 50th anniversary. Just weeks after the controversial Rainbow Family of Living Light settled on a location for their 50th anniversary gathering, the arrests, citations, and warnings are already well underway, according to federal officials. The gathering, described by Vice as a weird version of Burning Man, is scheduled between July 1st and July 7th at Adams Park in the Route National Forest near Craig. But people began showing up from across the country days in advance. As of Thursday, about 4,100 people were already on site, Hillary Markin, a spokeswoman for the U.S. Forest Service, said. About 10,000 people are expected to attend in total. Law enforcement officials expressed concern about the gathering months ago, and already they're confronting some members of the Rainbow family. Markin told the Steamboat Pilot and Today, by Monday, law enforcement had issued 91 enforcement actions. By Wednesday, she told the Denver Post, that number grew to 191. Those enforcement actions include damage to natural resources, narcotics, possession or distribution, aggravated assault on a peace officer, and a felon in possession of a firearm. For comparison, the Rainbow Family's gathering last year in New Mexico yielded a total of about 600 enforcement actions, Markin said. So the number of law enforcement encounters is expected to increase with each passing day, Markin said. Up to 500 new people are arriving to the site each day, and some will stay for weeks to help clean up the area. Rainbow Family gatherings often pair with drug use and sometimes sexual assault, past reports indicate. However, many members bristle at those depictions. Past meetings in Colorado led to an increase of illegal camping and trespassing charges. Seven members faced fines more than a decade ago after police found them sleeping on the roof of the Boulder Public Library. Rangers and police keeping a close watch on Colorado's northern mountains as thousands of people filter into remote land. People have started showing up for the annual Rainbow Family Gathering this year. It's in Route County, northwest of Steamboat Springs and deep into the hills. Thousands of people are expected to show up and illegally camp on national forest lands. The National Forest Service is trying to work with a group like it has in the past to try and keep issues on public lands to a minimum. Our Mountain Newsroom reporter Spencer Wilson went into that camp today, shows us firsthand the massive gathering. Megan Wick's description of the rainbow gathering is simple enough. It's a bunch of hippies in the woods. <laughs> Tents, campers, high dye, it's all out here. Instead of just one centralized area, there's multiple campsites throughout this area, a couple more down the road, and it all culminates into thousands of people. 4,500 estimated so far, and potentially even 10,000. This many people, no matter who you are, present a strain on the land. Yes, there is a burden, but it could be a lot worse. There could be black hill, you know, black smoke pouring out of this hills because of all the brush. We're out here also slimming some of this brush out. There is a risk, and, and soil compaction. We could have uh, trampling of vegetation for sure, unauthorized cutting of trees, uh, water quality issues, erosion. So far, forest rangers have clocked 200 citations for anything between warnings up to arrests. 
But typically, I would say that our law enforcement, most of the interactions are, you know, educational in, you know, in nature. They're not a ton about violations. Plus, some of the Rainbow family says they'll stay to help clean up when the show is over. We have seen evidence of that in the past, um, and it, it's always somewhat unknown who, you know, who will be left afterwards to work with us. But usually that's what happens. And as for what's happening right now... It's folks interested in peace and love, straight out of the 60s, looking for a little compassion and understanding during their visit. You know, give us a little break. Give us a little time. Take a deep breath. It will pass. <laughs> and maybe we learn to understand each other the best we can. Or if you wanted to take a trip or build a house, what do you have to have first? Lumber. No, no, before you start, you have to have a... <laughs> plan. Plan what? Plan one, A? No, no, plan... <laughs> I-T. Planet! Right. There you go. This is the planet Earth. Near Craig, Spencer Wilson, covering Colorado first. All right, Spencer, thank you. Rainbow Family's Colorado Invasion, 191 Arrests, Citations, So Far. Westward, July 1st, 2022, Michael Roberts. On July 4th, an, attended, an estimated 10,000 members of the Rainbow Family, a throwback collective that takes its cues from the original hippie era, are expected to celebrate their 50th annual gathering in the Adams Park area of Northwest Route County, part of the Hans Peak Bears Ears Ranger District. According to Hillary Markin, Public Information Officer for the United States Forest Service's National Rainbow Incident Management Team, more than a third of the anticipated horde is already on site, and plenty of problems have already cropped up. As of Wednesday, June 29th, the current attendance is estimated to be around 3,400 attendees, Markin notes. There have been 191 enforcement actions taken through that date, she continues, including incident reports, written warnings, violation notices, and arrests. Markin divulges that the offenses to date ranged from inoperable equipment damage to natural resources, narcotics possession and or distribution, interference with federal officers, and assisting other cooperating law enforcement agencies. Regarding future concerns, Markin acknowledges that the Rainbow family represents a very diverse group of individuals. As with any large population, a certain percentage of incident participants can be expected to engage in illegal or socially unacceptable behaviors. In part, some activities may include public nudity, civil disobedience, drug and alcohol abuse, confrontations between rainbows and locals, abandoned or disabled vehicles, and traffic congestion and parking several hundred to several thousand vehicles. A U.S. Forest Service primer describes the Rainbow family as a loose-knit group of people from throughout the United States and other countries who gather annually on a national forest, and Colorado has been a longtime favorite. The inaugural gathering took place in 1972 near Strawberry Lake in the Arapahoe National Forest. Since then, family members have assembled in the state many times. 
The conclaves are supposed to be peaceful, but there have been exceptions. In July 2014, for example, Westward reported about a quadruple stabbing and a pit bull attack linked to the Rainbow family. But the issues that concern Markin and other federal officials tend to focus on land management and other related issues. The Forest Service requires a special use permit for every public group of 75 or more people conducting a meeting or event on National Forest System lands, she says. The Rainbow family has consistently refused to comply with the permit process during national gatherings since they claim to have no leaders and no one member who can speak for the group or sign a permit on behalf of the family. There have been repercussions for this position. The Forest Service has periodically cited Rainbow Family members for failing to obtain a permit, Marking confirms. However, the agency also works with the family to adhere to a resource protection plan in lieu of a special use permit to protect the health and safety of individuals at the incident and in the surrounding community to ensure sensitive resources are protected, to minimize any environmental damage, and to coordinate post-event cleanup and rehabilitation of the event site. To that end, the Forest Service issued a temporary closure order for a large part of California Park in the Route National Forest. The order, which went into effect at 8 a.m. on June 25th, was imposed due to the high probability for excessive public use leading up to and during the 4th of July holiday, a USFS news release states. Violation of the closure order is punishable by a fine of not more than $5,000 for individuals and $10,000 for organizations and or imprisonment for not more than six months, Markin reveals. All National Forest visitors are reminded that they must obey federal, state, and local laws and regulations. The Forest Service takes the enforcement of those laws very seriously. For those heading to the Adams Park area who aren't part of the Rainbow Family Gathering, Markin advises that, especially along Route County Road 80, please be aware of parked cars along the roadway and pedestrians in and around vehicles or walking along the roadway. Please slow down. And after July 4th, a group of Rainbow Family members has pledged to stay on site for several weeks to work on cleanup and rehabilitation, the Forest Service reports.
San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Uh, people now are very to the point. Like, you can get everything on apps. Like, the lady is right. You are listening to a crazy, wonderful place, mutinyradio.fm. My name's Dave Stolowitz. Stay tuned for The Roast of Jesus, hosted by Allison Hooker. Afterwards, we're all going to hell in a hat and then in a basket later on in the evening. Great stuff coming up. $10. Cheap tickets for great entertainment right here at 2781 21st Street at the corner of Florida in the Deep Mission. Come down, folks. Fill these seats with butts and hearts.
Stay tuned. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. tell you a little story. There was an old mother who lived in New Orleans who was displaced by Hurricane Katrina. She lost everything that she had. Her home, car, family, And when they evacuated her, they sent her to a shelter between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. And while she sat there on a cot that they had provided for her, she had been without food and water and the necessities and she began to cry. She started to shed tears. But while she was crying, she thought on the goodness of the Lord. And she started singing this little song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, help me say that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I need some help. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, lift your voice and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, a young man walked up to her and said, Mother, why are you calling on Jesus? Shouldn't you be calling on FEMA? Shouldn't you be calling on the Red Cross, Salvation Army? Or better yet, shouldn't you be calling on President Bush and Cheney and those? And she said, son, you don't understand. There's a reason why I'm calling on that name. Because that's the name that's above every name. And she said, there's a reason why I'm calling on that name, Jesus. And you know what she told that young boy? She said, come here, let me tell you why I call on that name. Savior, Savior, Savior. Come on, help me say that. Savior, Savior, Savior. Anybody know him as the Savior? Yes, you guys are an amazing crowd. Round of applause for yourselves for coming out, supporting live comedy. Good looking crowd, too. Uh, we're all gathered here today to celebrate Jesus. Uh, uh, round of applause if you were raised in like a religious family. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm like, I was halfway. I, my mom is a Christian, like full-blown, believes Noah's Ark was real, all of that. Um, my, my dad's an atheist, so she just told me all the stories like they were real growing up. Um, and I used to, when I was little, I used to pray, like, dear Lord, please come down while I still believe in you. <laughs> like, I definitely knew that day was going to end, you know? <laughs> Uh, when I go home to visit my parents, I always 
dread the the time when my mom's going to pray. She loves to pray before we eat. Um, but she's not a very good prayer. <laughs> like after, how old is she? Almost 70, 70 years of experience. She's still pretty bad at it. She'd be like, dear Lord, thank you for our many blessings. I'm like, really? Are you having the Lord fill in the blanks for you? <laughs> like it's a Mad Libs, you know? Like, you fill it in. You know what you've done for me. <laughs> I don't fucking think of something, Mom. Like you're good, you know? You've got a great life. <laughs> It's like, thank you for Allison being here for dinner. <laughs> like, is that what you can think of? That's, that's incredible. Um, makes for a confusing childhood, too, you know, because like all growing up in my mom's household, she always taught me that my body is a temple, right? But then she also taught me everybody's welcome in church. <laughs> so that was just, I took it pretty literally. Uh, Jesus knows. <laughs> he sees all. <laughs> <laughs> I am very terrible at being single. I, I sleep with everybody. Um, luckily, I'm in a relationship now. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. Um, no, really, my, my boyfriend is maybe getting a job down in LA. He's talking about moving. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, Do I follow someone somewhere else? Do I keep my life here? And I'm thinking lately it's like a public health issue. I'm like, I better follow him down there. It's just for safety's sake, you know? Because me single, whoo! guys anyways um jesus what else did i want to tell you about let me think um my name's allison hooker it's my god-given name not my not a stage name thank you yeah which was always fun you guys can imagine in junior high when i had to write my first initial and last name on my gym clothes so it just said a hooker <laughs> stumbling on my pants <laughs> and across my chest yeah thank you it took me a little longer to find the funny in it um they tease me. They tease me so much that my gym teacher gave me new clothes. She was like, sweetheart, you need to write something else. <laughs> so I wrote The Hooker. Because <laughs> I was loving that sexual attention, even in junior high. Bit of a whore. I was cruising around with my A Hooker shirt. I was wearing a training bra to support the nipples that had come in. Now I'm wearing a padded bra <laughs> to support the nipples that have come in. <laughs> I'm waiting. Jesus, still waiting for that miracle. Um, I was actually trying to like smack my titties on a guy's face the other night. It's not even the joke yet, though. Um, <laughs> he broke his nose on my chest bone. <laughs> but you know, in my defense, he's, he's Arab, like probably a little more what Jesus actually did look like. He's got quite a nose. Um, he's Syrian, so he learned how to write in Arabic first. We met when he swiped the wrong way on Tinder. So I'm not, I'm not dating a Christian either. You're probably very disappointed in that. Um, so anyways, Jesus, we're going to roast him tonight. Round of applause for him. Round of applause for Jesus showing up to his roast. I love the bejazzled uh, scars we have going on here. He's, he's looking great. Oh, he's got a black eye too. Um, yeah, he's all shining, ready to go. This is a random question. I'm really going to put myself out there. Has anyone else ever smoked DMT? <laughs> that's when you know Jesus isn't real you're like I am though I am Jesus so <laughs> anyways he's kind of reminding me of a DMT style Jesus tonight all dressed up in his glittery glittery stuff so we're gonna have a great time uh so round of applause for the great show that you're about to see you guys I cannot wait to bring up this first comedian he is dressed in his Sunday best um He's a comedian all the way from Portland. 
yeah. So welcome to San Francisco, crazy town, I know. It's like millionaires and human shit on the streets. It's crazy mix that we have going on here. Hard to know what to make of it. Um, ask Jesus, what the fuck is this place? Why, why did you allow it? Anyways, uh, start clapping right now for Isaac <laughs> Pendergrass, everybody. Isaac! <laughs> Biblical name and all. All right, give it up for Allison Hooker, everybody. <laughs> Allison, Allison is a very, very sweet lady. I just wish that someone would have told her that her family name need not be her family business. You know? <laughs> no, but uh, uh, she, Allison is actually a very successful real estate agent. Uh, Jesus. And I, I know because I've seen the Pornhub videos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, she's a, she's a real professional. Allison follows the real estate market very closely. When the prices go down, so does she. <laughs> <laughs> but then when the prices go up again, well, she still goes down, but those houses aren't going to sell themselves. So. <laughs> yeah, they, they call her the big bad wolf in the real estate industry. She's blowing those houses down one by one. <laughs> She's actually screwed more prospective homeowners in the entire subprime lending crisis. You know? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Allison is a very talented and beautiful woman. She kind of reminds me of Minnie Driver in Goodwill Hunting, uh, minus the trust fund, uh, the goals, self-esteem, uh, class, yeah, all of that. <laughs> and uh, we have a. Uh, Chris Post. Chris Post, a, a nice, a very, very, very talented comic from Boston. Uh, he kind of looks like Goodwill Hunting is having commitment issues again. <laughs> and she's in Stanford. She's in Stanford, man. You came all the way out here and chickened out again. <laughs> uh, let me ask you a question, though. I, I, I know it's you because I heard that sad-ass Elliot Smith song go off when you walked in. Is that right? There's no Goodwill Hunting fans in here. <laughs> All, right. All right, fair enough. Uh, so, how, how are your twelve brothers doing? Marky, was it Marky, Marky, Ricky, Danny, Bobby, Jimmy, Johnny, Tommy, Timmy, and Brian, or something like that, <laughs> and Donnie. Uh, I'm just wondering, do do you feel bad what Robin Williams did after you told him you were going into comedy? Uh, uh, Chris, it's not your fault. Okay, <laughs> it's not your fault, son. And I, yeah, seriously though, the guy's a comedic genius, uh, much like, he's a very stable comedic genius, just like our president. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about Matthew Quirk. Matthew, Matthew Quirk, Matthew Quirk, he hosted, he hosted the uh, Gen, Gen X versus Millennials show the other night, All right? Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering what century was Matthew in Generation X? <laughs> was it the 18th century, Matthew? <laughs> oh, Matthew's old, man. Matthew's old. Matt, Matthew's so old that I'm, I'm not going to have any more jokes about him because I respect my elders' elders. I, I'm not going to do that. But I almost had some respect for Matthew because I looked him up online and I found that there was an author, a suspense novel author, that was a bestseller in the New York Times. It wasn't the same person, though. Um, however, however, it's close, because when Matthew's on stage, you are in suspense wondering if it's the last joke or not that he's going to tell. 
All right, try it. That one didn't go over well. You won that one, Matthew. <laughs> As Ben Quick and the Ben Quick, and what what can I say about Ben Quick that you haven't already heard? Uh, virtually anything. <laughs> and nobody knows who Ben Quick is. <laughs> in fact, the first and last thing you heard about Ben Quick was a voice in your head saying, "Who the hell is Ben Quick?" <laughs> now it's. Uh, Ben Quick actually fell into comedy because people laughed at his music. That, that's right. It's not, it's not quite the same thing, but it works. It's good enough. Uh, and you, you may also know Ben Quick from uh, guest appearances in Alex Giampapa's uh, stand-up uh, sets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it, I tell you, if I were the lady on the couch, I'd be surprised to see Ben Quick walk through the door, too, because, because no doors have ever been opened for Ben Quick. <laughs> Uh, and back back in Boston, it's kind of ironic, but back in Boston, Ben Quick is a driver, and I find that ironic because his career is going nowhere. <laughs> but but from what I can tell, from what I can tell, Ben's a great guy, and I know he's gonna he's gonna go really far, and then he's gonna drop somebody off, and he's gonna come right back to where he started from. <laughs> All right. All right. Now let's get on to the man of the hour, Jesus. Jesus, look what 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 is this white Jesus you guys have here? This guy's like he just left Abercrombie and Fitch. Is that a T-shirt up under? <laughs> what is it? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm I'm gonna pretend he's black Jesus though. All right, uh, Jesus, what what can I say about this guy? He's uh he's a man of the hour, and he's so full of himself that he couldn't even attend his own roast. Um, you know, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time, right? Is that, is that, are there not enough black people in here for that reference? <laughs> you guys don't know that song? He's an on-time guy? All right, never mind. Let's keep going. Um, okay, um, we're going to have to treat this show just like we treat our prayers and pretend that he can hear it tonight, okay? I'm sorry, did, did, did I say pretend? I meant have faith. We got <laughs> we to have faith. Um, I, I really don't understand why Jesus gets so much fanfare for never having done anything wrong. If my dad was watching me every second of every day, I'd never do anything wrong either. You know? Yeah, that was weak. Um, and and all this, uh, and, and what about that family with the five fish and the two loaves of bread? How come they never got any credit for that miracle? And in fact, I think the real miracle was that absolutely none of those adults thought to bring lunch that day. You know, <laughs> uh, and what's this savior talk? It seems like the only thing he's really saving us from is his crazy ass dad. Uh, it's like it's like we're his uh, personal etch a sketch or something. It's like Jesus, did you draw these dinosaurs? Oh, never mind. That's a killing dinosaur joke, but that's okay. Um, but then, but then he killed you too, Jesus. He killed you too, and then he made every superhero movie story follow your storyline. So you'd have to relive it over and over again. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. And then, uh, and, and so you have to see it over and over again. And if anybody, and I know you've seen all the movies because you can't ask Jesus if he's seen a movie and he says no, right? That, that would ruin all credibility. And with that logic, I know that he's seen all of the incest porn videos, too. 
and which probably explains why his girlfriend's name was all was the same as his mother's. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. <laughs> and actually, what's taking so long, Jesus? The entire world is waiting for you to come again. Uh, Mary Mary Magdalene just wanted you to come once, but you couldn't even do that for her. <laughs> but but you're just too selfish. But you did get angry once when those merchants were selling things in your father's house, and that's understandable. But you have you been keeping an eye on what the people are doing in the church since then? How come there's no more anger, Jesus? I'm just not understanding that. And and the bit about walking on water. I think you need to make up your mind. I mean, a God should not be praised for walking on water. A human should be praised for walking on water. A God should be praised for keeping his mouth shut and letting people live the lives that they want to live bet that best suits their needs and desires. Because that is apparently the hardest thing for a God to do. Um, I'm sorry, guys, it just got a little serious in here. <laughs> but look, Jesus, I'm just trying to help you out a bit because uh, before two weeks ago, you were the only superhero, the mainstream superhero that actually cared about what black people thought. But we've got a new one now, and your time is up, basically. So thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. He will be coming around later with a donation jar. <laughs> Only 20% of your income will do. Um, you guys ready for your next comedian? Yeah. Better question, is Jesus ready for the next comedian? <laughs> he can handle anything. Uh, your next comedian is a San Francisco native, and I just don't think he's that old. I, one of the youngest souls that I know. So start clapping right now for Matthew Quirk, everybody! Keep it going for Mary Magdalene over there. And give it up for that uh, no fire, no brimstone preacher we just had up here. I thought the black guy would really bring it, but I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't talk shit because I don't know if I'm going to bring it. So anyway, hey, Jesus Christ, son of God, allegedly. Allegedly. Kind of a mama's boy if you ask me, though, right? I mean... No, not my mom. She's a virgin, right? What bullshit. Of course, if you believe that, you've got to believe that Jesus is the one that popped his mother's cherry. Kind of kinky, right? Kind of kinky. They skipped that part in the Bible, huh, buddy? Anyway, I know what you're thinking, Matthew. You're just jelly because uh, you gave your life to Jesus and uh, he never calls. Maybe, maybe, maybe right on that. It's cool to bring up notes in a roast, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. Son of God, what's up there? What's up, son of God? All right, Jesus gave of his flesh that we might live forever, but uh, no homo, no homo with that, okay? No homo. Right, Lamb of God? Right, buddy? All right, no homo, but he talks these men out of their careers and marriages, right? All them apostles? All right, to come hang out with him. Not only does that sound kinda gay, 
But it's kind of irresponsible, Jesus. Don't you think? Lamb of God? Are you just going to look at me like that? While I'm blinking? All right. Does this guy even know that they named a fucking work ethic after him? No? Nothing? Jesus? Kind of a miracle, aren't you, buddy? The most miracles. The bigliest miracles. The most miracles. So many miracles. Right, Jesus? Anyway. Uh, speaking of work, uh, this guy's a carpenter. Uh, I read the Bible. Uh, he doesn't work a day in his fucking life. Not one fucking day. Carpenter, my ass. Which is fucked up because every Jesus I know is one hell of a carpenter. Those guys put work in, man. What happened, Jesus? All right. Uh, they talk you into, uh, yeah, all the Jesuses I know, they talk you into work, right? They're promoting it. They want more of it. But this guy's talking people out of work. Uh, and in a bit of marketing genius, like I say, they name a fucking work ethic after him. Fucking miracle. That was a fucking miracle, Jesus. Lazy bastard. If Jesus knew his namesakes are being treated the way they are, he'd have changed his name to pay us. Pay us. A living wage, right, buddy? Right, living God? Anyway. His only famous miracle, anybody? What's his famous miracle? Water to wine. What a fucking lazy slacker, right? The one miracle that he has is very self-serving, don't you think? Gets to get all fucking toe up. One miracle, water to wine. And by the way, water, anybody know what it takes to make water into wine? It takes work. Work, Jesus. Once again, you have the easiest miracle. You just turn water into wine. No effort. Once again, the Jesuses, they put work into that shit. Kind of self-serving for a deity. I think this guy was like a modern. He would be homeless, right? He'd be a homeless, wino, shoeless, on his way to deportation. Right, son of God? Nothing? Still not blinking. Uh, am I the only one that noticed that all the current followers of Jesus hate Jews? Billy, there's a Billy Graham reference for all you people keeping it current. <laughs> yeah, Billy Graham. Praise his name, right? Dissed his people. His followers are also the greatest abusers of his namesake, of his namesakes, right? Not only are the ones who exploit the workers, but they're the ones who are deporting all the Jesuses, right? You think all those ICE agents are just atheists? Fuck no, man. They're Christians. That's named after you, buddy. They're not too Christ-like, though, deporting those places. I don't get it. And somehow, Jesus is ripped. Did you ever see those pictures of him on the cross? Got them washboard abs, right? 
Got them fucking pectoralis majors going on. I mean, I got to say, man, that's just one more form of CrossFit that I cannot believe in. Cross-fucking-fit. Anyway, CrossFit's kind of white, like you, buddy. Kind of white. CrossFit's another miracle, man. Another fucking thing. The only reason you do CrossFit is to just do more CrossFit, which is cocaine. Did you ever do cocaine, Jesus? Come on, that shit's a miracle. Goddamn miracle. Anyway. Someone said that my jokes, I tried to read them to him. He said that's, you know, that water to wine thing is some watered down wine. I need a miracle to make that one funny, he told me. I was like, fuck him, man. Jesus will think it's hilarious. Right, buddy? No? Give me a wink if you think I'm funny. Oh, shit. Didn't think I'm funny at all. Anyway, so Jesus was there, right, at the crowd, right, when all the people tried to stone that one, that one prostitute, tried to stone her to death. When I first heard that, that they were going to stone her to death, I was like, hey, not a bad way to go, right? Turns out stoning to death means rocks and beat him to death. And he's like, hey, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And then this rock comes from behind the crowd, whacks that chick right in the head, kills her. Jesus is like, oh, mom. <laughs> right, Jesus? <laughs> Lamb of God. Anyway, there's this whole song that rugby has about why Jesus can't play rugby. But most of it's pretty rugby specific. I don't know if you guys would get most of it. But there's one line in there where they're like, Jesus can't play rugby because his dad would fix the games. Face it, it's true. Anyway, Jesus, right? Born of a virgin. Absentee father. I don't know, maybe you are kind of Mexican. Definitely a little bit black. Boom! All right, that was a cheap shot. It was terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Maybe I'll burn in hell eternally for that one. Or do you forgive me? Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Anyway, that's all the Jesus material I got. I don't know what else to say. Maybe our next time we'll have more miracles. All right, thank you, Mutiny. Fuck yeah, keep it going for Matthew Quirk, everybody. Reading us his jokes in cuneiform off his inscribed tablets. (laughs) Keep it going for him. Hi, welcome. You guys are just in time. We're roasting Jesus, and we haven't passed the donation bin yet, so... (laughs) Just kidding. What is it called? The donation um donation plate. Plate. <laughs> is a plate deep enough though? Because <laughs> it's a lot of money they ask for. 
Anyhow, buddy, I know. It takes money to um, do enough drugs to be dressed like you are. It does. All right, you guys ready for next comedian? I can't fucking wait because I've never met this guy, but he's from Boston. Are you guys ready for some attitude? You guys ready for the Boston comedian? <laughs> Fuck yeah, you are. Start clapping right now for Chris Post. Yeah. Fuck yes. Thank you, Allison. Um, oh, I, um, I didn't prepare anything. Uh, Cause, uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I, I mean, I prepared jokes in general in comedy, but not for like roasting Jesus. Um, I should probably get it out of the way, like up top. I'm, I'm half Jewish and like half Catholic, so I don't really feel any of this anymore. I just got like worn down over time. Like, um, people are like, you know, you don't look half Jewish, which is true. Um, so like. When my parents first got divorced, we're, we're going to uh, uh, talk about uh, just a couple of weird things. My, when my parents first got divorced, my dad made me go to a Hebrew school uh, uh, to kind of like, it was like him like marking his territory, like, hey, I'm, I'm Jewish, uh, you're going to go to Hebrew school. So uh, I, I did, um, and I look like this, and um, I'm named after a saint, so yeah, I, I wasn't well received there. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's talk about crystal meth. All right. So like, um, so I was smoking meth one time. This is like 10 years ago. I don't, I don't do drugs. I, yeah. I don't have much religious, like other than like talking about like drugs, I, I don't have a lot to talk about. So we're just going to do that. Um, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Did anyone, is anyone going to be like, Oh, I got ripped off here. He's not talking about Jesus. Like, you know, yeah. I mean like, I'll, I'll I'll buy you a beer after or something like that if you feel like you haven't gotten your money's worth because I didn't talk about Jesus. I, I, I don't know. You know, like, Isaac said, like, seriously just made me realize how ignorant I am to religion altogether because, like, I, I don't know shit about religion. Like, I've never read that, fu whatever the book is called. And, like, you know, it's like, yeah, so I don't even know anything about any of this stuff. Um, like, I wouldn't know the Old Testament from the New Testament. Like, I think... The only thing I ever learned about the New Old Testament was like from a Patton Oswalt bit. I'm not even kidding. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, so yeah. Um, so I was smoking meth one time, and um, yeah. Uh, hands up. Who in the room has engaged before? Uh, beautiful. All right. So uh, um, and. I, like, I had only snorted it before, and I used to only uh, snort with straws, you know, because dollar bills have germs, as we all know. So, like, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I had never uh, uh, smoked it before, and my buddy uh, Pat, uh, he, he, he was like, all right, you got to suck on the pipe as hard as humanly possible to get the full effects of the meth. So I sucked so hard on it that I actually drooled into the pipe and extinguished the rock of meth. And this dude named Mikey from South Boston, you know, he looked like an extra from Breaking Bad. He just looks at me and he goes, and he's got three missing teeth. He looks at me and he goes, man, can't you do anything right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what tripped me out? I heard it in my dad's voice, you know? It's like I just booted a ground ball in Little League, you know? <laughs> Some bad shit. Um, so, uh, uh, keeping on track with the roast of Jesus, anyone ever get in a fist fight at IHOP? <laughs> All right, all right. Show of hands. How about you? Yeah, come on. Nah. 
You've smoked meth before. I thought maybe. All right. Hey, who knows? All right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so we were at IHOP. Back. You guys have IHOP out here, right? Okay, uh, for context, if anyone doesn't, it's like Waffle House, but worse. Um, so, yeah, like, even sadder. Um, actually, Waffle House ain't that bad. Um, but anyways, uh, there's a 24-hour IHOP in Boston, and if you're there after midnight, it's because you're drunk or struck out at the bar and couldn't meet anyone. So, pretty much everyone there is in a shit mood. So, my friends and I got into, like, a drunken argument with these guys. And these guys were Russian. Uh, that's not, like... A segue into like current political climate or anything that just really happened to be Russian. Uh, th they still are, I'm sure, for context. But yeah, um, so I was so drunk and we got in this screaming match uh, about who knows what. Who, who's ever gotten into a drunken argument with purpose, right? You know, like that doesn't happen. So uh, uh, we're just yelling at each other, and I, I said, you know, something to them. And I was so drunk though at the time that I realized uh, I forgot basic math because there were five of them and three of us. Okay. So we finish our meal, we pay our check and we walk outside and they are standing outside in formation like the warriors. Okay. You've all seen the film, I presume. If you haven't, you suck. Uh, <laughs> um, but they're all standing out there in formation, and I immediately thought two things. One, oh, fuck, and uh, two, I want to join these guys, you know? Like, like, they got their shit together, okay? Like, I showed up drinking Colt 45 in a can, all right? And these guys look like they're ready to bust some ass. So, um, I, you know, resigned myself to the fact that I'm probably going to lose. So, I just went up to the guy and took a swing because I'm assertive, and uh, I completely missed and uh, they were on us like white on rice, and they were kicking the crap out of us. Now, the weirdest thing about that, though, is it wasn't a standard, you know, you know, garden variety, you know, beat down, okay? They uh, beat us up uh, with a cane. So that's what's fucked up about it, absolutely. Um, and two things really bothered me about this. It was, one, uh, while they were kicking our ass, they were talking to each other in Russian, and that pissed me off because I felt left out, you know? Like, no one wants to feel excluded, so... <laughs> Second off, they were beating us with a cane, and, you know, I was thinking in my head, man, canes are meant to help people, right? So there's that. So anyways, you know, they're done with us, and my friend and I crawl back to his car, and he drives me home. And I was home from college for the summer, so I go back to my mom's house, and I pass out, and she, like, wakes me up. And uh, she was like, we got to take you to the ER, okay? So she drives me to the ER, and and, and uh, she takes me to this uh, ER called uh, Newton Wellesley, uh, in, in, which is in the Boston area, which would be like if you got into a fist fight and then got taken to like the Berkeley Hospital. It just undoes all your street cred, pretty much. And uh, we get in there, and she admits, uh, and the nurse is there, and she, and she was like, "What the hell happened to you?" And I'm like, "I got beat up at IHOP." And uh, and she goes, "Was this the one on Soldier Field Road?" <laughs> I was like, how the fuck did you know that? She goes, we just discharged your friend. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I like when it gets a pop at the end of that joke. But, hey, that's cool. Um, anyways, um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Benny, what do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Brian, what do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. I guess it's my time. Oh, yeah, it's my time. How am I doing on time, Allison? Three minutes, okay. All right. What's the deal with crystal math? Uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Told you, I'm half Jewish. Uh, I got to channel that inner Seinfeld sometimes. Um, yeah, give it up for that guy. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
Sure. Um, I actually have like multiple friends with Jesus tattoos. Um, I uh, don't because uh, I think I made it clear I I don't care. Um, tattoo. I like tattoos, but they seem to like fuel my stupidity. Um, see if this joke carries out. Um, like I remember when the Red Sox. You guys uh, know who the Red Sox are? Okay, cool. All right, yeah. Um, so uh, the Red Sox, when they won the, that world, their first World Series, I saw everybody celebrating by getting like the B of the Red Sox, and I was like, "That's so fucking plain Jane. I can top that." So I got the Sitgo sign. Yeah, it only works in New England, Ben. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Just wanted to see if that worked in a different time zone. It doesn't. Uh, clearly, um, that'd be like if I got AT and T like that. No, I won't do that. I'm not a prop comic. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if I like just became like the like uh, Jeff Dunham, but like I had like a, a, a like a puppet with sleeves and shit like that? Yeah, no, that would be horrible. Um, yeah, I probably got what like 90 seconds or something like that. And, oh shit! <laughs> All right, respect the light, everybody. Right? <laughs> oh god. Oh man. Oh my God, bombing can be so fun sometimes, right? <laughs> is it bombing if it's fun? I don't know. This is fun. <laughs> oh my God. So this set has been uh, structurally disgraceful, but uh, you guys are so awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's supposed to work a uh, tight opener and then like you know some garbage in the middle and then like a strong closer, but like structurally this is just like petering out and like I'm literally going on all of your goodwill right now and that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. My God. Yeah, what do I want to say before I get out of here? Um, Yeah, this city's awesome. Uh, Where's the nearest bar uh, that has, like, cheap drafts? Because I spent a shitload of money on T-shirts yesterday because I have my act together. (laughs) Like, like I I forgot to pay my car insurance, but I found an Evil Dead T-shirt. I was like, let's do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't really have much left to say other than, uh, yeah, you guys are swell. And, uh, yeah, let's have a beer later. All right, bye. Thanks. Trip off this for a second. Boston is full of like people who go to Harvard and then people like Chris. And I was like, what a fucking city. Fuck that place, actually. Let's be honest. The architecture is kind of cool. Um, all right. You guys ready for your headliner of this show? Oh, what? Apparently, he's already is shaking his head. I am so excited to bring up this next and last and final and headlining comedian. Are you guys ready for this for real, though? Because I need a lot of energy for this one. I hope he doesn't come as quickly as his last name. So let's start clapping right now for Ben Quick, everybody. And you nailed it on the name. Nobody has ever made that joke before. (laughs) No, it's fine. I'm sorry. I have no idea how to behave right now because I'm on a lot of acid. I'm going to get that out of the way right up front. I've been, I'm out of breath from anxiety and not because I ran here. You understand? (laughs) This is, um, I'm going to try to sing a song maybe. I have a bunch of songs about Jesus uh, that I think Jesus would like. I don't even know if I can play this or not. Like I, I, it's occurred to me right now I might not be able to play this. Here's the thing. I grew up religious, right? And, well, not really. My parents were religious, and it kind of led me to sin because they would go away every Sunday. 
for a couple hours, and then I would just masturbate the whole time. <laughs> so, in a way, thanks, Jesus. <laughs> for real. I, uh, but it's weird, because then you decide that God's bullshit, because, you know, I mean, it's bullshit, right? And so, you don't really have anything else. Like, nobody knows what you're supposed to replace that with. And shit just be like, uh, like, like it's like, oh, uh, if it's God's bullshit, now what? And they're just like, well, we got, uh, like, Xbox and porn. <laughs> like, here's Xbox and porn. You're good now. Like, that's the replacement for it right now is, all right. You guys are looking at me like I had a plan for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're making a horrible mistake. <laughs> I'm going to try to sing. This is a love song about, uh, that I wanted to play in front of Jesus. <laughs> and I really don't know if I can do this. Girl, I'd do anything for you. I feel so in love and I hope you feel it too. Cause you're the one that's always on my mind. You can pick me up and get me through the hardest times I know that you're nervous and it's alright But I hope we can take the next step tonight Please let me put it in your ass Girl, I wanna get you from the back I wanna stick it in your poop chute and get up in your butt like bathroom tissue Girl, I just wanna play on your Hershey Highway Don't get me wrong, I love the sex I just think we're ready to take the next step I know you're nervous about it hurting a lot But we both know that I have a smile Never mind I know the Bible says that it's not proper, but I've already given you a Texas shocker, so please let me put it in your ass. Girl, I want to get you from the ass. Uh, fuck, this is what is going to happen when you're an acid. <laughs> so we're going to go with this for a second. Uh, there's a bridge to that song. <laughs> I told you, I was like, this is, uh, it's also very difficult because I lost my voice, uh, trying to get here. Because I was in an airport for 30 hours, <laughs> and so now I'm, like, trying to sing, and it just sounds like a China, small man going through labor. <laughs> and so it hurts my voice to, I was, I, I, this is a nice song about, please let me put it in your ass, inspired by Willie. Uh, where's Willie? I, it's because I was staying with him, like, seven years ago. And I was trying to fall asleep on his couch. And in his, uh, in the room next to me was his roommate and his roommate's girlfriend. And I heard that negotiation go on for about two hours. <laughs> and if you've ever heard a person just try to be like relentlessly talking another person and letting them put it in your ass, if you've never just heard that through the walls, you don't sleep and then you write a song about it the next day. <laughs> That's what happens. So, um, I don't know that I can fucking sing. Like, I, I, it kills me. I'm like, I'm going through, like, it hurts my voice to sing. I had another song that I wrote that I wanted to play for Jesus about docking when um, two men, two men touch their pee holes together, but I thought that would be really good. But I don't think that I can hit those notes. Like, I literally right now am not sure I can do that.
Um, and I'm also tripping balls. <laughs> so factor that into the equation. <laughs> that even if I could sing, I don't know that I could sing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a very good chance that... Oh, this is a fun one. I can try to do this one. Saudi Arabia planned it. Saudi Arabia funded it, and even though we knew about it, we still let it happen because we decided it was in our national interest to let the attack happen on U.S. soil so that we would have an excuse to invade the Middle East. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you. That one uh, is for the musicians in the room. I was actually an interesting time singer. That was in 9-11. <laughs> that was... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> all right, that's all I can do. <laughs> yeah, Ben Quick! We got a quick set from Ben Quick. Welcome to San Francisco, dude. Ass is a little too easy to find. <laughs> oh, you brought it with you. No, clever, yeah. Well, yeah, but who, I mean, they can't find acid. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> you broke a record. Round of applause for the World Rocket are bringing acid to security. <laughs> Five times a day. That's amazing. Um, so, Jesus, I hope you loved those songs about sodomy. We know you love that. Um, I <laughs> Round of applause if you guys like sodomy. I mean, you're okay with it, but like, personally enjoy it. Um, it. Just one of those things, Jesus, you know, I've, I've tried to, um, to go from God on that one, you know? I'll be like, into it. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's, until it starts happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, no, no, no. <laughs> like, that's, so, you're right. Sorry. Anyways, uh. <laughs> You guys, this has been our show, uh, and stick around, please, for another one, because this is a quick show, wasn't it, Pam? They're all an hour long. Uh, I feel like this was a little, okay. Okay, 50 minutes long. That was our show, you guys. Thank you so much for coming out. This, round of applause for Pam for throwing this festival. It's not just because you're on acid that you can feel the awesome energy of this little space. It's such a great space. Even Jesus wore his um, disco outfit out. This is an amazing space with amazing energy. So thank you guys for coming out. And please stick around and come back. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Thank you.
Hey everybody, listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for me fun every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army skincare. Boy, they're just cramped. Art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi. 
Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Navoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, <laughs> Don't know anything about it. Sorry. <laughs> All on my limited view. Yes. Every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God. There's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of suck balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live. It's 8 o'clock! Yay! It's Friday night. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yes, I am wearing the cheerleading costume I wore in high school. Why am I doing that? Well, this is the show that's about funny body issues and being made fun of if you're too skinny or too fat or too whatever. And I have a cheer for it. Here we go. Give me a K! Give me an I! Myself! Yay! I was never going to be good enough. I was too fat. No, this is my actual high school cheerleading costume from 1991. When it, it, 1991, 2019, 28 years ago. And I wore this exact costume and I thought I was fat. 
I think that's funny now. I think it's laughable. Because I really, I wore this same costume, and it's like, I'm a fat piece of shit. I'll never be good enough. Like, what what kind of messages was I getting from the world? Uh-huh. Uh, I'll, I'll do a little origin story about my uh, eating disorder issues. When I was in kindergarten, I had a teacher at a Christian school. Isn't that lovely that the Christian story, isn't it nice? And I had a teacher, and I was in kindergarten, and we all memorized Bible verses. And you get up to the front of the room, and you'd say your Bible verse, and everyone would get an ice cream cone. And I went up, and I said my Bible verse, and I got graham crackers. And then my teacher said, fat little girls never get anywhere in the world. You're a fat little girl. <laughs> That's why. And everyone licked their ice cream cones, and I ate my graham crackers, and they had the same amount of calories. <laughs> like, you fucking mean bitch. The ice cream cone and the graham crackers, same calories. <laughs> Cool. And then, and then when I was in second grade, I remember being in this moment in vacation Bible school where I was sitting on a chair and I put my toes up so that no one could see my thighs smash and be so gross and fat. Ah! I was like in second or third grade. And then I saw this amazing episode of Different Strokes. And it was so incredible because Dana Plato, it was her birthday, and she got a birthday cake and she ate the whole thing and then she threw up. And I was like, we can just do that? That's amazing. We can just throw up all the time? Yay! I love Dana Plato, different strokes. Oh, wait, that was fiction. I was supposed to learn a lesson, not learn about bulimia. Yay! Cool. So that's my origin story. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, this is a cute little fact I learned today. 9% of nine-year-olds in the United States have thrown up because they think they're too fat. What? It's so crazy because we live in America when one-third of our people are like medically obese. And then we've got kids that are like, I'll never be good enough. I have to be better than my mom. Oh! We have 25 million hoarders. We have all of these diseases that are made out of excess. I just don't get it. Like, we eat, we have too much. Oh, and like, and I was bulimic and wanted to kill myself as a high schooler because white girls don't have any other issues. Like, I was so rich that I had to, like, hate myself. Yay. So cool. I just, I'm so confused that, like, I'm so confused that uh, we have so many oh, horrible things. I mean, remember when Michelle Obama was here and she hated fat kids? Wasn't that great? She was so cool about it. She was like, she was like, oh, work out, kids, and we're gonna have healthy school lunches with like healthy foods and less salt, and let's work out together, yay! And I was like, that's so cool, Michelle. I miss you so much because I wondered about our new. Uh, first lady, Melania, Melania, how do we pronounce her name? Melania. Melania, yeah, Melania, I don't know because she never talks, like I don't know what her voice sounds like or what her name is, but it, and I would think like, uh, uh, nobody listens to you unless you're skinny and pretty, she is so skinny and pretty, say something, <laughs> anything, something, what's like your first lady thing to stand up for and talk about, right, and I thought that she would plagiarize, Michelle and just hate fat kids too, right? And but she'd do it in a different way. 
she's going to teach the kids, you know, um, how to, I think, champion bulimia because it makes kids four times the consumer, right? Like they consume four times the food and then they're better for the economy. I think that Meleniania is gonna really be known as an environmentalist, because she's gonna teach the children to vomit into the composting, you know, regurgitate, renew, recycle. We're gonna use all of that compost for the wine vines in Napa, because that acidic vomit, it's gonna be so good. The acidic compost is gonna be really good for that 2019 Pinot, you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be great. Thank you, Melania, for helping the wine industry. That's the thing is, it's all industry. There's so much industry that's based off our lack of self-esteem, right? Like, ladies, all right, makeup, what? Like, I wasn't wearing makeup for a long time, and I was calling myself a feminist, but then I, my friends gave me some um, $18 lip liner from MAC, and I was like, wow, I'm just not wearing makeup because I'm poor. I'm poor. This is a class issue. This has nothing to do with me being a feminist. I just can't afford makeup. It's, friends gave me makeup. I'm like, oh, I can be pretty too. Yay! Just so much of our economy. You know, Gillette, 1904. That's when Gillette showed up, right? When dudes used to, they used to be prided by the size of their beard because that meant that they were a great farmer and they were helping America and they were amazing. And then all of a sudden, if you didn't shave off your face, you were a poor farmer. And it was like, what are you doing? Be part of the industrialized America. Body odor's a thing now. That didn't exist. Like everyone just smelled funny, but like, no, you gotta wear, you gotta do something. So men had to shave their beards. Gillette, the best man can get. Right, remember? And and like women couldn't even show their legs. Do you remember the time when if you showed your ankle, you were a dirty slut? Remember that in 1904? And now, if we don't shave from our big toe to our twat like a four-year-old girl, we're a disgusting slut. <laughs> Nobody wants to sleep with gross. Why don't you shave? Gillette, the best a man can get. Yeah, I don't, I actually shaved my legs this morning for the first time in like five months and it was like I murdered a baby squirrel. It was, it was, I didn't even do it in my shower because I was worried about like clogging up the whole works. So I did it on my couch, like with like throwing the hair away in a responsible way. I made it into a small cat toy and threw it to my cat. He's like, ah, I love your leg hair. It's good. Uh, yay. Gillette. Did you guys know about the new Gillette razor? Do you hear about it? 17 blades for the closest shave. <laughs> right? So many blades. The 13th blade is easily removable, so you can slit your throat in the shower because you'll never be good enough. <laughs> never. Gillette, the best a man can get. I'll never be good enough. This is, yeah, exactly. Well, no, when I was a child, like, I really was super affected by, like, body image. I was super bulimic for many, many years. And I just find it so funny because I really was tiny. <laughs> I was, like, exactly the same size as I am now. And I'm like, you dumb bitch. Why did you listen to the male gaze? I don't understand why I wasn't listening to the male gaze. I walked down the street today. I got so many comics from the, comments from the male and female gaze. I finally understand catcalling, right? Because I have a cat, and I kiss at my cat all the time. Sir, don't come here, sir. 
He never comes. Like it doesn't work. Cat calling doesn't work. The cat never comes. Like it just, he doesn't. He'll stretch out on the floor and I want to touch him and all of his eight nipples are showing and I'm like, you are a stripper and I want to touch you. And I get super close to him and then he's also the bouncer. He's like, don't you touch my nipples. I'm like, oh, I was asking for consent. Like, I don't know in cat language what consent is. But walking down the street today, I got so many like comments. Uh, one guy, he said, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. And I was like, that's a compliment. That's not catcalling. That's a compliment. That was great. I felt really good about it. It was fine with me. It's like, you can... You can say that on the street to me. I like that. Uh, but another gentleman uh, said, you got a nice fit on today. And I said, that I, I am fit and I have an outfit. That works. Double entendre in cat call. Like it. And then he said, cute skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? What? We just changed from compliment to cat call really quickly. Also, that's kind of gross. Why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? You weirdo. <laughs> that's kind of gay. That's kind of weird, man. I don't know why you want to smell that shit. You don't want to get under there. It's not cool. Cool. So I did, I did used to have a lot of like tons of eating disorder issues and I thought I was fat, and I thought I was skinny, and then I thought I was, and now I'm like, yay, everything is fine. Why are we all freaking out? But this really is a big issue in the United States when we have so many problems. <laughs> but one of them also happens to be that one out of every four women has eating disorders. So that was interesting to me. And also that when I put this show out and I was like, hey, who has body dysmorphia issues or who's been made fun of for these things? Guys came up to me and I was like, this isn't this wow I feel like so closeted that dudes have this issue too I feel kind of like a jerk and but it's I mean that's real like guys can be too skinny because you're not big enough you're not manly enough but girls have to be so tiny and why aren't you more like a tiny squirrel and like what's wrong with you I don't know 90210 fucked me up anybody else <laughs> I grew up in Danville here with the San Ramon Valley yeah uh, and everyone was so perfect that we just didn't even have a scale anymore. It just got so strange. Anyways, this, this isn't funny. I'll leave you guys with one of my favorite cheers because I was a cheerleader for God. There is only one God, and he is the sun God. Ra, ra, ra. Yeah, right? That's a good one, yeah. I was a Christian cheerleader, and the only thing that sucked about being a Christian cheerleader is the skirts were really long, which were not sexy, uh, and then my butt always hurt from protecting my virginity. Also, <laughs> not sexy. <laughs> it was not something I wanted to deal with. All right, let's let's get into this shit tonight. I'm so excited you're here. We usually we sing a song before we start. If you know how it goes, sing along with me. M U T I N Y Comedy Clubhouse Comedy Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. We got a bong back there if anybody wants a hit. We totally have a station bong and tons of weed, so it's totally fine. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah. Yay! 
Yay! I'm so excited because I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. But I, I am, like, I love these themed shows. Also, yay! I, I know, there's so much fun! Because we get to do material that we wouldn't normally do. And, like, who talks about eating disorders? Or not even eating disorders. This isn't even about eating disorders. I had an eating disorder because those are my body issues. But tonight it's, like, about people who are, like, wicked, super tall and skinny and being made fun of for that. Or being anything that the world expects you to be, but you're like, I'm not, and then how do I, and why am I not good enough? Or whatever, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> Yay, we're all here. Um, I didn't make a list because I'm a terribly unorganized person. So do you guys want to, like, mad dog each other who know who are on the show? You guys don't even know who are on the show, actually, which is funny. <laughs> like, do the people on the show want to, or do any people are like, oh, I feel the need to go first. Is anybody's like cute belly? Like, look, you can't even dive. Was that? All right. Hey, you guys. Your first comedian. She is a lovely human being. She's the one, actually, the reason that I started the theme of the show is that she was hosting at um, the now defunct Sad Face uh, Hotel Utah. And I, you were doing jokes about being so skinny on stage. And I was like, wow, like she's had it rough. And I, as a child, would have dreamed to be you because you're like wicked super tall and you weigh like, you're like ounces and like the thigh gap is so gorgeous. Like you've got this fucking thigh gap. I could like stick my head, I could put three kittens in your thigh gap. Like I can imagine if I, that would have been today's thing. If I could have made a Fonto, a picture of you, if I could Photoshop three kittens in your thigh gap. Put your hands together everybody for Gaula Finman. Is it working? Are we in? I kind of feel like I'm at a white supremacist rally. <laughs> like, are we okay? Are we allowed to be here gathering for thinness? <laughs> like, we are the supreme body type. <laughs> Give it up for thinness, you guys. That's what we're celebrating. Uh, we'll make it complicated, <laughs> you know? If we haven't met yet, uh, my name is Gaula. Uh, People are like, did you get that name at Burning Man? <laughs> In a sense, my parents created our very own Burning Man. They had a wild time. They had seven of us. They went crazy with the names. I'm the fifth girl. They were like, first baby, girl. Sivia, Bracha, Hindi, Adel. Finally, their fifth disappointment. Let's call her Gaula. And then the boy came along, Alex. And they were just like, hello, Alex. Welcome to society. This is capitalism. That's the moment we're in now. Go enjoy it. Oh, ladies. <laughs> well, you're going to have to explain yourselves all the time, wherever you go, in an artistic way. <laughs> and so here I am, talking to you guys about the dark side of being skinny. Is there a dark side? We'll find out. But it's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to like stare at myself in the mirror to be like, this is what I look like. I mean, we do it. We all, we all fucking do it. But people will tell us, you know. It's like I was in the bathroom the other day, washing my hands, and some, how's that for you? <laughs> and I hear like clicking. Somebody came in and they're like, oh, uh, am I in the wrong restroom? Because <sighs> they see this. And I'm like, oh no, just the wrong decade. <laughs> It's like, I know I'm six feet tall, very skinny, no boobs, totally flat chested, and I like a good barbershop experience. 
to anyone else. But um, I'm on my period, and my nipples are really sore. So this is also my bathroom. <laughs> when you're skinny, you have really small boobs, usually, unless you get a boob job, right? I, uh, well, there's some exceptions. I have a friend that um, took all her like life-saving. She was always kind of self-conscious about her boobs. Anyone else have like a period where the dudes do? Felt weird about your boobs, body weirdness. She had like a little small one. This is my small one, and this is my big one. Anyone else? <laughs> and she was like, I want to fix that because it's been, it's been hurting me. People have said mean things to me. And she finally had $10,000. I was like, you know what? If I had 10 grand to do anything, I'd maybe just accept my boobs and just start a movement. Hashtag diverse titty. You know, just like one big one, one little one. It's not such a big deal. But like, you guys, Ladies, men, people tell you what you look like. Like, I pissed off a guy at a bar the other day because he was like, I don't know if I can call you pretty. Hi, talking about being beautiful. <laughs> and you guys are all beautiful. There's some chairs over here. You can sit on the floor if you don't want to make it hard for anyone or me while I'm doing my set. This is great. No, this is great. Yeah, they're all cute. It's great. Just like a thin what, supremacist group, just loading them in. <laughs> nice, thin people united against curves. <laughs> yeah, what am I going to talk about? Um, yeah, I talked about. Yeah, so this I was in I was in a, a bar and this guy got really pissed at me. He's like, I don't know if I can call you pretty hmm. or handsome, you know. And I'm just like, oh, that's so hard for you. <laughs> you don't know what to do with this. It's so hard for you. Look, well, the non-gendered word I think you're looking for, sir, is ugly. <laughs> you think I'm ugly, and you're pissed that I'm the only thing left in this bar for you to sexually harass. <laughs> Am I opening the channels of skinny and ugly right now, y'all? People will pick it up later. Look, if you sleep with me, that doesn't make you gay. <laughs> Dudes. <laughs> If you're begging for a pegging in your booty, <laughs> you're teetering, okay? <laughs> okay, true story. <laughs> yeah, what am I gonna talk about? Um, I was doing this, what I'm doing right now, I was looking down, walking down the street in San Francisco, and some guy goes, a competent and pretty woman should never look down. And I'm like, how do, first of all, how do you know I'm pretty? I could look real fucked up and have no teeth. I'm looking down. You don't see this fucking face. I got you. They're fine. Everything's fine up here, too. But I was looking down because I, as Pam mentioned, was admiring my thigh gap. You can fit three cats in this thigh gap, according to Pam. Three little kittens would be happy in there. This is a portal. This is where all my self-worth lives, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Sometimes during the day, I just like to remind myself <laughs> of my worth, <laughs> a portal to possibility. <laughs> I worked hard for that. You know, I was walking down the street, and I'm a nanny, and I was pushing the baby, and a woman came up to me with a very inferior stroller to the one I use. And <laughs> I work for really rich people. It was an upper baby, okay? And uh, she's like, you, you are so thin for just having had a baby. Ah, excuse me, I need, and I was just like, I don't want her to get close. <laughs> and I was like, 
I'm a nanny, you created life, have a nice day. And I like turned down a street I didn't need to go on to like run away from the mom that felt fat. And I was just like, I didn't want her to come close to me. I didn't want her to notice how haggard I am and that this thinness isn't coming from like Gwyneth Paltrow-styled self-care and health. I do nothing to deserve this. I have wide hips, and I don't gain weight here, and I just have a thigh gap, okay? <laughs> I eat whatever. I, I did have an eating disorder for like a summer when I was 15 because Nicole Richie told me I was fat, right? Like, <laughs> that, that was the times. And then I like realized what a body mass index was. I was like, I'm an 18.5, anything less is clinically anorexic and skinny so I gotta just face the facts I'm a fucking skinny bitch with some fucking thigh gap and then Kim Kardashian came on the scene that second made me hate myself for not having curves so what do we do ladies <laughs> just fucking we surrender you know <sighs> to eat I don't know I don't know I don't know so my thigh gap and my thinness actually comes from having I don't have an eating disorder but I have Marfan syndrome does anyone know what that is? Yeah, it's a genetic disorder. Affects your 15th chromosome. It makes you legally blind. You can have scoliosis. And you can drop dead of a heart attack at the age of 35. But people, it also gives you thigh gap. <laughs> so if I want to rock on the tenderloin for the next five years until I drop dead, just taking what God has given me. I'm gonna fucking do that. <laughs> Nobody's as tall as, there's no people with Marfans in here, right? Cause I would, I just wanna like, if there was, we could just shake hands and I could just stay on the stage at Mutiny Radio. <laughs> we could just shake hands and then I'd like pull you on the stage cause I wanna start a mutant army. <laughs> Anyone with any kind of mutated disorders, we could just fucking take over the world First rule, nothing happens before noon, because we're fucking sleepy. Naps all the time. <laughs> we could just sloth our way into success, you know? Just fucking take over the world by doing less. <laughs> Those are my people. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that is all I have to talk about. <laughs> um, so give it up for your incredible host and babe, cheerleader, Pam Benjamin. Thigh gap, my God, yes! And it's effortless. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I, I did shave my legs, I said, for the first time in five months, so that's lovely. But I only shaved up to my knee, so I have no idea what the rest of it looks. I didn't shave my, this is, it might look like a spider is running across my legs. <laughs> But no, that's just my pubic hair. I have I have so much pubic hair. It looks like a hair skirt. Like I'm I'm not nervous to be naked in front of people. I I have pubic hair that's so long and old. It's been around longer than many comedians have been doing comedy <laughs> that are on. It's like three year old pubic hair. Like I want to keep it. One of them today like really came out. Fing, like it really came out. Fing, and it was super silver and I like kind of tugged on it for a minute and I was like no I'm just gonna let you stay there <laughs> like I feel like there's a lot of power in that silver thing cool I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let society make me trim my pubes <laughs> I love, ah, there's power in the pubes baby okay. 
I, I hope your next comedian has pubic hair. Let's bring up, a, do guys have pubic hair? Are they, have they lasered it off yet? Have guys done it too? Like, is everybody so against pubic hair that they're like, you have to laser your balls now. Is that happening? Are dudes lasering their balls? I don't, I don't watch porn. I have no idea what's happening. Um, so I, I don't. Do they, do they laser, do, are there, does anyone have a shorn scrotum? I <laughs> said. <laughs> I don't know. It's waxing. Males wax their balls? Now that's amazing because I'm afraid to wax because of the pain. But wow, on the ball sack. I thought men, I, I mean, if men can do that with their ball sacks, they might actually be able to handle childbirth. That's amazing. I'm impressed with millennials now. They're like into the pain. It's 